concert I saw last night, guys, was so good. I saw Julian Baker. Her voice is fucking incredible. She has to kind of back away from the microphone because she can project so well. It's very, but it's like very sad girl indie stuff. So I was standing there just like misty eyed the whole time. So I do good. like girl indie, sad girl indie, maybe not so much. That's more my my wheelhouse than uh, yours, I think. So yeah, yeah <laughs> I uh, I was listening to that because you, you told me you were going to see her, so I was listening to it this week. And I I was enjoying it. So yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. I think we good like preamble. Was that good enough? Yeah, talking about concert, pretty good preamble. preamble. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Welcome back, everybody, to Dance Robot Dance. Uh, this is episode one hundred and thirty-three. Uh, I'm Mark, and I'm here with Tim. Hey, oh, and Paul. Hello there. So how are you guys doing this week? Good. <laughs> yeah, it's been another one of those month-long weeks. Apparently, this whole year is just going to be that for me. But uh, yeah, I was on holiday for the first three days of the week because it is Lunar slash Chinese New Year in uh. Korea. Uh, and so, well, Lunar New Year, Solal, as they call it. And so I had the first three days off and the two days that I spent teaching my kids felt like five. So, you know, <laughs> it is how it is. Yeah, I got a vacation coming up in like two and a half weeks now and I fucking can't wait. Counting the days, yeah, minutes, exactly. seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, I'm super boring right now because I'm in like interviewing and like unemployed mode. So I'm just like, man, I, I beat Tomb Raider. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, that's basically <laughs> what I did this week. Like, like, that's what I did. Yeah. So I'm much more boring than you guys are right now. So mm. <laughs> let's, uh, let's settle in for some news. There's not a ton, not a ton. I'm going to do a Christy S preamble. I tell you, there's not a lot of news. I don't know if Tim, did you find a bunch of stuff? Yeah, where where we set everybody up for disappointment right off the bat. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly that's how we do things here, isn't it? Uh, no, not a huge amount, but I'll let you go, and I can fill in gaps if I have any. <laughs> phrasing as as I do. <laughs> we have to bring back phrasing. We have to have that conversation. Yeah, yeah really need to have that conversation. Um, first things first. FX announced that Legion's third season would be its last. <sighs> Tim, you probably have opinions about this. They just announced they were bringing in Professor X for season three, too. So I guess they're like wrapping up anyway. Like this is the plan. But yeah, it does seem like a show that probably had like sort of an expiration date at the start. Like they, you know, it has been scripted pretty tightly. So I'm imagining that they had kind of a plan at the start. But it's also like a really crazy, like pretty deep world that I feel like there's more story that could be told in it. If they decided to, it would just be a little bit more tangential and would, you know, obviously just put off them getting to whatever their planned conclusion was. And sometimes that goes well and sometimes that doesn't. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's the, what disappoints me is that this, it's one of the, if not the most unique comic book show that we have. Yeah. And it's the one that's getting the ax. So we're left with a bunch of stuff. That's all pretty samey or like st- stuff where there's, other stuff that's like it kind of thing. It's the only one that really stands out from the crowd. True. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Cape shit general is kind of, it is a little too homogenous these days. I've tried to get into, is it the Faleroverse? Yeah. The, CW stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the CW stuff. I've tried. I've gone through the first <laughs> season of every single one and I just, nothing really latched on except for supergirl a little bit i'm a little bit intrigued to follow her because it's the casting is so good yeah she's an excellent supergirl and the flash too but everything else was just kind of like arrow is just a slog and everything (laughs) else i just i can't so yeah legion was uh, like i downloaded the first season of it and i 
devoured it. I just haven't gone back to it, but I would like to see more of that because it's interesting. Yeah. Second season was cool. It was possibly even more fucking trippy than the first season was. Like it was a lot of like up in people's heads and shit like that. Um, a lot of like psychic landscapes and sort of psychological warfare kind of stuff, which was interesting, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I'm going to miss Legion. Yeah. I'm going to miss it. Sure. That's my thing. I was, uh, like I intended to watch it, but I never actually like really got around to it. I watched the first season. I enjoyed it enough. I just like, if that's their plan is three seasons, I'm not going to get like super upset about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also could be nice because it could set it apart in terms of like, they're doing the sort of British model where they have a set end date and, you know, they're trying not to overstay their welcome. And I mean, just look at say like the UK office versus the American version. and. You know, the American version was pretty watered down by the end, but the UK one is often cited as like one of, if not, you know, the best like comedy of the last like 20 years or something like that. Because they go for syndication, right? Isn't that isn't that still the goal for a lot of these shows is like for, yeah, for network television. It really is. They have to hit like 100 episodes so that they can go into syndication, which just like baffles me as to why Arrow is getting a 10th season or whatever it is. And Walking Dead this week. No, uh, Walking Dead has just got renewed for a 10th season. Well, I had two Walking Dead seasons because the lady who's playing Michonne is leaving as well. So yeah, Denai Greer yeah. is uh, is departing. Yeah, there's a lot of TV news this week that wasn't just like the flare over. We had all the flare over stuff was last week. This week's like other stuff. Because the other thing yeah. is they've like announced a bunch of casting for uh, that affects why the last man adaptation that's coming out. And apparently, well, it got a full series order, yeah. and that's the big. Yeah, it got it. They got the full series order, and they've added Diane Lane to the cast too, which already had like. Some, oh, cool. yeah, it had some pretty heavy hitters already. Like Imogen Poots is in there. I don't know who's playing who, like with the women yet. And I'm assuming Lashana Lynch, who's from Captain Marvel, and who's uh, Paul. You'll be interested to know is playing uh, Monica Rambo in Captain Marvel. Yes, is I'm assuming she's going to be playing Thirteen, like the agent that kind of mills about with uh, Y Yorick the whole time. So. I've never read Why the Last Man, so I have no frame of reference for that. You really should read Why the Last Man. That's actually a pretty brief, like, 60-issue read or something like that, if I'm not, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's one that that I've always heard great things about. It's kind of like, where was that published? Was that a Vertigo? That's a Vertigo. It's almost tangentially related to your DC (laughs) insanity. Kind of. I read some Vertigo here, in terms of, like, the stuff that has crossed over with the DC universe. So, like, Sandman and some other, and Doom Patrol, that kind of stuff. Animal yep. but yeah i don't think the uh the why the why stuff was very self-contained but it was uh it was a vertical book yeah. pretty sure it is a very fast read for 60 issues like i i reread it after yeah. it finished its initial run and i i got through it in like an afternoon because it's, it's it's yeah really what good. did you what did you think of the ending yeah. just like <laughs> thumbs up thumbs down uh that, that can i say both it was like it, it wasn't the most satisfying ending but i didn't really like I don't know. I just I could have seen that world continuing as well. Yeah. So I I was fine with it. Overall, I think that the first half of the series is much better than the last. But like, yeah, like that's the stuff I'm excited to see on TV. Yeah, it is like this the early part of it kind of thing. Like, I would actually kind of hope that they'll like, let's be very faithful at the beginning because the beginning is very entertaining. And then like, if you want to diverge like crazy going forward, then like let's diverge. It's like just crazy. such a cool concept. Like I love that, you know, yeah. the countries where women in the military are far more prominent. Those are the countries that start to really get take power. Like Israel, uh, the Australian Navy becomes really powerful because like there's a lot of women in submarines and stuff like that. So it's just like, yeah, I, I love 
just the conceit of no men and then what happens like it's yeah. it's cool to see that play out except for the whole forced mastectomy amazon fucking straw feminist bullshit other than that i'm fine i love all of that i have like just little quick tidbits for the rest apparently bob iger has gone on record saying that they will be keeping deadpool rated r so everybody can chill out as we've fucking been saying for months and months and months but everybody's oh, yeah, still absolutely. worried about it fucking disney is not going to sabotage that shit no they're they want to make money as much as the rest of us do so yeah, i'm pretty sure they're going to keep fucking making r-rated deadpool movies that make tons and tons of bank so mm-hmm. did you see their the next dc animated things like an incontinuity like animated series stuff like it's a Justice League Unlimited kind of continuity thing. No, I didn't see anything about that. I, to be fair, I haven't been watching DC animated stuff in years. Oh, okay. But it's like Justice League versus the Fatal Five actually brings back like the Justice League kind of the Unlimited thing. But it's like Kevin Conroy's Batman, Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman, and George Newbern as Superman are all back kind of thing. Oh. And it looks like Mr. Terrific's there and stuff. So they got the big names from like the uh, the old JLU show back. Yeah, that sounds cool. They do voices for yeah. So we'll see how that actually turns out. When's it come out? March thirtieth. It probably yeah. March thirtieth. It probably hasn't April even started production yet because they seem to just crank those fucking things out like in some uh, Korean sweatshop or something like that in like three weeks. Well, that's basically where those the old animated series were made was like yeah. in one of those Korean animation studios. Like it was, I think it's a studio that actually has lineage going back to Transformers. Even like it's one oh, of those okay. like they did all the old animated series in the eighties and they just keep kept going and it kind of led through. Doing the anime, like the Batman animated stuff, like the DC animated stuff too. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was just like certain staff members, but I remember seeing very similar names. Only I looked at that kind of shit. Yeah, I'm the only person <laughs> in the world who cared about that. <laughs> There's a rumor that like they're showing a cut of Avengers Endgame that is three hours long right now, and that Marvel may be planning on having an intermission in there. I'm assuming that's a rumor yeah. they're going to cut it down. But I would be perfectly happy with. A f- I mean, I sat through fucking like three like three hour hobbit movies in theaters actually they weren't three hours when they were in theaters but well the rings movies were three hours yeah exactly i have no problem sitting through a fucking three hour movie in theaters as long as it's good and engaging the whole time yeah and i think i think this movie has fucking earned like a three hour runtime if any movie ever has (laughs) it's true given all the build-up and we've already sat through like two and three quarter hour batman movies so like i'm not gonna yeah shit on the Avengers. Yeah, there, people have been talking talking about how modern theaters don't really have a way to support a proper intermission, especially like the way that Korean theaters are designed is that the way that the exits work that you're like you exit the if you exit the theater, you're on a one-way ticket out of the building kind of thing. Oh, so yeah. if you have an intermission, you can't really double back into the lobby to get popcorn or anything like that. So it's that whatever if you, they have an intermission in north america it's probably not going to be here in korea at all just because of the way yeah. the theaters are designed well, they probably don't also serve like gallon sized sodas in korea i don't know how you well how do you get through surprised. one of these marvel movies without like two liters of cola <laughs> man like i don't understand how you <laughs> do that like no well we still have all the american promotional tie-ins like the giant like avengers cups okay. and stuff like that you can still mm-hmm. get those for a premium so that's fine but yeah like the serving sizes are definitely like for human people in korea yeah, not for, exactly like not for americans <laughs> yeah i've been to movies over in the uk like when i'm uh, over there for work and you know like they'll give me like a large popcorn or something and it's like the size of a small in yeah. the u.s and i'm like yeah this is so this quaint is like it's correct so quaint. Like, yeah. yeah this is probably <laughs> it's, 
Oh, it's cute the way you guys do popcorn over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the bucket does not contain your entire calories for the rest of the week. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> But three-hour runtime is fine. I yeah. Again, as long as the movie is engaging, there's a, a people were there was a I think it was the Mary Sue who ran the the headline that's like people are not leaving to go to the bathroom for the three-hour cut of Avengers Endgame. So it was like a, a way to you know praise the movie, I guess. So hopefully, it'll be worth it. Dehydrate yourself. <laughs> I'm starting to get targeted ads in my Facebook feed for like those little like portable urinals that you just like screw onto the top of like a water bottle so i guess you could like just go while you drive yeah it's because apparently they're they're listening to me and and know that i'm just not going to want to leave this movie so hopefully nobody complains when i whip my dick out in the middle of (laughs) (laughs) fucking avengers and it's rock hard (laughs) it's the final frontier (laughs) (laughs) i have to wait for a dark scene a dark and loud scene so nobody can hear gross that's uh (laughs) <laughs> that's intense that was really all i had aside from, like I, I was I, for some reason i clicked open the tab for the wicked movie is finally happening but then i was like wait christy's not on the show anymore so like i don't need to talk about that i'm excited for that there you go because i there love wicked i love the book the musical is pretty great too i haven't actually seen the musical but i have the soundtrack for it and it's really really delightful and i really wish i could see it live there was a korean wicked like a translated korean performance here in korea but i i wanted to see the an english performance obviously so unfortunately i am not fluent in korean so yeah i'm excited for that i really would love to have the original cast in it like adina menzel and Kristen chenwith are both delightful but they are a little long in the tooth for it so yeah we'll see yeah i think you could probably get away with uh, adina menzel because all the makeup and everything but i don't think you can get away with Kristen chenwith playing Oh, young ingenue glinda or whatever anymore yeah definitely not even though i love her yeah i i've never seen i i mean i've heard like the big songs from wicked i've never seen it myself either it's never been one that i've been super interested in seeing because i generally prefer like period musicals i guess mm. but yeah i mean de- there's definitely a contingent that will go see that I'm I'm definitely one of them. And I do like that. And I just saw that some people on my friends list who are like really into musicals have been discussing this week how musicals have sort of become like only for rich people these days. Like you can't, you know, look at like Hamilton tickets right now. Like nobody can fucking get them unless you're loaded, even though it's it's been out for like three or four years now. And so like and the fact that they don't film them you know, and like show them in public or in a movie theater or something like that. So really the only way you can afford them is if you travel to go see them and can fucking afford the tickets, which not, you know, maybe only like the top, like 10% of earners could do kind of thing. What do those uh, tickets go for now? Like I, I donm not, I have no idea what the market for that kind of stuff is. So I think generally like for a halfway decent ticket to anything, you're probably looking at a good, like 150, 200 bucks. If it's, you know, something that's a hot ticket like Hamilton, you're probably looking like four or five hundred, if not more. OK, so like the same kind of thing is going for like a big, big concert or something like that. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair yeah. Enough. There was another weird musical that that actually does fall into Mark's court. Mark, did you see that Star Trek Discovery? I did. Uh, yeah. Rent, rent crossover video that they I, did. I did. I got through about 10 seconds of it before I had to like <laughs> was, quit out. It was so painfully yeah, it was awkward. Really, it was fucking bad, man. So I had to like nope out of that one. <laughs> 
I mean, I, I'm into musicals, although I'm not really into Rent, and it's yeah. very much because of like the whole Team America word place. Like everybody's got AIDS, 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 yeah. and I'm not really cool with. Don't really want to sit through a musical of that. And I also my first like serious girlfriend was super into Rent, so she sort of poisoned that well for me too. Yeah. Sounds like the Sloan but, problem. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. The, the Sloan conundrum. That sounds like it is. Uh, one, of, one of the episode titles of the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, like it that. could be. It definitely could be. What else did I have? The, apparently, they are making a spinoff of the Aquaman movie featuring that's going to be like a horror movie with the creatures from the trench. Okay. Those like, yeah, the like weird sea monster, like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, sea monster kind of things. Yeah. That, where did you see know. that? I didn't see that anywhere. Like what? What it was on on Gizmodo on oh, nine? Was it on? I didn't see that at all. Was it one of the rumored things? It, it's apparently there have been guys that have been hired to write a script for it. Huh. Okay. I don't think Jason Momoa or Amber Heard have anything to do with it. It's supposed to be set in the kingdom of the trench. I don't know. This seems like a weird deep cut, but whatever. Really, that's a really straight. What I guess whatever inspires you about like that's a really weird. Thing to do. Although, you know what? Maybe these kinds of weird tangential like cul-de-sacs yeah. of movies could be pretty cool. And if that's if that's DC's thing, then I'm and you know they want to carve out that niche. I'm good with that. I mean, like we we're I was just complaining about how homogenous uh superhero movies are. Yeah. They like deep dive into like l- small pockets of like really particular weird superhero dumb. I'm I think that's kind of interesting. Potentially, and, it could yeah. be disastrous. <laughs> it could be, but I mean, DC does have that history of sort of taking lesser known or underappreciated or like C D list characters and elevating them to like top dog fucking status. Like mm-hmm. they did that with Booster Gold, with all kinds of like the sort of younger generation characters, that kind of thing. So yeah, like could Blue be cool Beetle too, right? Yeah, Blue Beetle. Yeah, like the Blue Beetle was like a joke of a character. And then you had like that storyline where it's killed by Max Lord that set off a whole bunch of shit. And so mm-hmm. I think that Wait. was that Final Crisis or was that Final yeah, or Final Crisis Infinite or Infinite Crisis. Crisis? I think it was Infinite Crisis. I think it was Infinite Crisis. Yeah. yeah. What else did I have? Oh, they're actually doing. Sorry. They're actually doing the whispers finally on walking. I know they were talking about it, but that's like yes. that's next year's thing. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So they're creepy as fuck, and I've only I've barely got to them in the comics. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of I I I read through their arc. It's good. Like I like the comic story. It's gonna be interesting how they're gonna do that without Rick or Michonne. So that should be interesting. Yeah, we'll see. Have either of you guys watched this Russian Doll show, the Netflix show that's uh, been getting all kinds of uh, press with Natasha? I keep Leo? seeing the trailer. Yeah, I saw the first episode, and I saw it just before I started binging Punisher. I really want to go back to it because I really liked the first episode. It is like it plays off the Groundhog Day loop concept really well. And Natasha Leone is fucking delightful in it because she's fucking hilarious. And she's kind of kind of a dirtbag. Yeah, she is. She's a fucking dirtbag in this show. She's just like the first episode. She's pretty awful, but super watchable. Like, I think you guys would really enjoy this show so far. First episode. Good first episode. It definitely sounds like something that's up my alley. It's just a matter of me gonna you know actually finding the time to watch it but i've i've definitely added it to my my list on netflix we got some new like trailers over the last week including a new endgame trailer that during the super bowl 
I like that they completely focused on the like on the uh, after snap, the snapter math. I don't know what you want to call it, but like <laughs> um, it's just all the it's just desolate and dark. And um, I like that there was a shot of uh, Tony with Nebula that made me really happy. Yeah. So and then like the support groups and stuff like that, and it's feel a little Snydery in terms of both in terms of content and in terms of like color wash and color balance and that sort of difference being earned as opposed to you know just slapped in there like you know first time (laughs) out the fucking gate but yeah it it did have definitely like somebody said on our facebook page leftovers was something that came up a couple times and i was like that that seems yes it was it was cat that's right um who doesn't listen to the podcast but hello anyway yeah (laughs) but she follows the page so yeah uh yeah so I mean, that's basically what the tone should be. So yeah, yeah, they're usually pretty good about doing like what they're supposed to be doing, kind of thing. Even if it does go every once in a while, they go and do like Thor Ragnarok and go crazy. But Mm -hmm. I think for this one, they're going to be like playing it pretty straight. So yeah, I'm 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 all aboard. Like everything looks awesome. So (laughs) no, really, you're just make it April. (laughs) Just make it April now is basically where I'm at with that one. The Captain Marvel stuff too. But then yeah, but then we miss Captain Marvel. Yeah, a month less than a month away now. Uh I'm so excited for that. <laughs> oh my god. The other trailers we got this week were did you guys see the Twilight Zone teaser that aired during the Super Bowl? I did, yeah. Jordan Peele. That was cool. Yep. Jordan Peele looks like so good as that uh narrator sort yeah. of uh role. Like I'm super there for that. And he seems to be just fucking loving it. Yeah, oh yeah. It's like his dream job. So he's having a blast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna watch that for sure. I'm I'm sold on that one hundred percent. Mark, did you want to bring up the Pet Cemetery trailer? Not particularly. I mean, it was, just, it was a trailer. Okay. So. It's a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I have two bits of Marvel comic book news. One is that uh, Marvel is doing more cool stuff with Black History Month. They put out a bunch of free Black Panther comics that you can just download, I think. Yeah, just on Marvel.com. And yeah. you enter a code that's just forever. So for, for Wakanda forever. And you can get a bunch of, I mean, basically, they're a bunch of like number one. So they're trying to hook people. It's still a cool thing to be able to do. Some of them are pretty good, like named issues, too, though. Like there are older stuff that's like high quality stuff. From what I, yeah, it was like that World of Wakanda that got a lot of press and I think yeah. won some Eisner Awards uh, last year and shit yeah. like that. So, yeah, so it's Black Panther number one from 2005, Black Panther World of Wakanda. Black Panther prelude, which I assume is a prelude to the movie, maybe. And there's also a Shuri number one as well. So, yeah. And then, Mark, this is just because I mentioned it on our, like, Pumped for 2019 episode, but that new run of Daredevil, I think, has come out now and is apparently getting pretty good press, so... I actually did see that there's some, uh, like, there was an io9 article about it this week and stuff, so uh, delving in, we'll see what the the first couple issues are like this weekend, probably, yeah. so... Yeah. But I'm pumped. If, I, if we get another good Daredevil run, it's been a couple years, but, like, you know, it happens every once in a while. It's always good times. Yeah. Always good times. But yeah, that was my supplemental. Awesome. I I have one piece <laughs> of news that is not a exactly good Oh my God, you guys are, I'm not even going to do the news anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jesus. this is not particularly, well, you know, this is uh, in the Me Too vein, unfortunately. Incredibly untalented screenwriter Max Landis, who's responsible for the train wreck Bright is making a comeback after his 2017 sexual misconduct allegations. He's trying to make a girl power romp starring Chloe Grace Moretz, which is just the worst look and is just 
No. So Max Landis is the son of the guy who directed like a national John Landis, John Landis National Lampoon guy. Uh, and American Werewolf in London. London. Yeah. yeah. So this guy has been mostly rumors, no actual charges, but all over the internet, people are basically saying this guy's a fucking skis bag. And he's mm-hmm. and he's made a quite a few flops since his one success, which was Chronicle, which was like an okay movie. I guess. Yeah. His one good idea. But he's since made things like Victor Frankenstein and American Ultra, which did not do well and were not very good. And uh, and then Bright, which was just awful. Yeah, I couldn't bring myself to it. I just heard terrible, terrible things. Is that the Will Smith one? Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. The orc orc cops thing. Orc cops. Yeah. yeah. So he's now trying to claw his way back into Hollywood with this movie that seems to be like this girl fighting a bunch of skeevy dudes no and just can we just not have this can this just not happen that's all i I agree max landis fucking canceled i have no use for the kid he wrote one of the worst superman origins that i've ever fucking read with superman american alien a couple years ago and his fucking terrible like pick apart video of the death of superman storyline that was one of the things that sort of propelled him to semi like infamy. fame and infamy would yeah. be probably be the word you're looking for more yeah. accurately yeah. with him. Yeah, no, nope. is fuck fuck him canceled. Yeah, yeah, his noxious presence has caused me to stop listening to a number of podcasts that I used to like because they would just keep having him on, and I was just like, all right, mm. I'm done with you guys. Yeah. Fuck that. No. Okay. Oh, yeah. my God. nobody wants to hear from him. No, I didn't want to hear from him before, and like we're still here, like hearing him. Man, having a famous dad, whew, that's a hell of a drug. Like, just hell of a drug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's all I had. Oh, way to bring us down, dude. Sorry. Down. <laughs> <laughs> on a happy note there. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's move over to Geek of the Week. Why don't you guys do a sting or whatever? Geek of the Week. Geek, 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 geek of the Week. Oh, God. That's one bad example. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> this is the segment of the episode where we uh, tell each other the geekiest thing we did this week. So why don't we start with uh, Korea Boy? Paul, why don't you tell us? Kingdom Hearts 3. Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, Kingdom Hearts again? 3. Well, yeah. like I, by the time we recorded last time, it hadn't released yet. Mm, right. Yeah. So I had, I because I was on holiday, I got to spend a lot of time with Kingdom Hearts. And I got through about more than 50% of the game. I got up to, I'm currently in Arendelle fighting alongside Anna and Kristoff from Frozen. And there's, it's a really fun game. Like the combat system really is really fun to play. It does still have that, the cutscene sickness of the other Kingdom Hearts games where what it does is it just, all it does is it repeats the exact scenes from the Disney movies, but it just includes Sora, Donald, and Goofy in the action. And it can, they played the entirety of Let It Go. And we had, I had to watch Jesus. that fucking. Of course they did. The entire sequence, but just with Sora, Donald, and Goofy reacting to it at the same time. And I'm just like, Jesus. what? As, I don't want to skip the cutscenes because it, like sometimes they have hints for what's going to come up next, or there's like treasure chests they yeah. might be able to spot in the cutscene or whatever. So I'm watching this and I'm wondering, are they going to do the whole song? 
they're do they're doing they're doing the whole song and then they started up with do you want to build a snowman i'm like what no why (laughs) (laughs) so besides that though it's been really fun it's probably one of probably the best kingdom hearts game in terms of combat storyline wise well it's convoluted but kingdom hearts (laughs) 3 check it out if you like kingdom hearts Yeah, it's it's been falling into sort of my geek sphere this week as well, because it also incorporates like some nerdy Disney Park stuff. Like, I guess some of the flow attacks and stuff like that yeah. are like Disney Parks related. Yeah. Like you can bring up like a pirate ship and like the teacups, like the teacups and shit like that. There's and, the, yeah. t- the the pirate ship, the teacups, the carousel and the the space, right. the space blaster things. So oh, gonna... uh, the bu- Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. yeah, you're in a spaceship and you're just blasting. Yeah, so those are the four attraction attacks. I don't know if there are any more later in the game, but some some of them are fine, but they can often bring the combat to a screeching halt. Like, they're very useful, but they're not as fun as, like, wailing on people with the keyblade. So, yeah, you kind of use them to chunk the boss's health and then you continue on with the fight kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So, yeah, that's my Geek of the Week. Nice. Yeah, that's uh, that game has been like everywhere. Like it is all over my dashboard. Yeah. Like both systems dashboard is currently just like basically please buy Kingdom Hearts three because it's out now. And I'm like, that's not my thing, guys. Like, no, I'm not <laughs> buying it. But it is everywhere right now. A lot of people are playing. I got my like most of the people on my PlayStation network list are playing Kingdom Hearts three right now. Yeah, it's there's a lot of side quests. It, like the main quest is probably about 30 to 40 hours. Fair. And then there's all the collectibles and things that you get to do. New Game Plus, as most RPGs have these days. Oh, all games so have it, them. They just they just threw one in front of me in Tomb Raider, and I was like, I'm not doing this again. There's no fucking way. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, given how much I have in my shame pile, yeah. the concept of New Game Plus is just not for See, me right I'm now. Like, and that's my problem is right now. Like my geek of the week is that I finished Tomb Raider, and like I hundred percented it as I always do with these games because I like like the gameplay loop of the Tomb Raiders. This one's not as well mm-hmm. put together, I don't think, as the last two kind of were leading up to. Like, it, it feels kind of like a sidestep from where Rise was as opposed to, like, a big step up. Visually, it is kind of a big step up because it runs in, like, native 4K and runs really nicely. But, oh, Jesus. Just like a collect-a-thon. And it's, like, kind of glitchy. And, you know, Tomb Raider games are not necessarily, like, it's not, it's an open world, but it's, like, a kind of a hubby open world with, like, weird little paths. So there's never a straight fucking line to get to something you missed. So it's on the map and just like you highlight it and you're going towards it, but it's actually like three floors above you and you actually have to go around it and then like to the bottom, but out on the inside of the mountain kind of thing on the other side first mm. though. And it's like, it's that kind of shit. I'm just like, Oh God, I hate this. I just missed one document in there. <laughs> and like, that's how I get hundred percent. God fucking damn it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was doing that kind of backtracky stuff today and I was like, oh, this sucks. But the rest of the game, like the actual, just like if you play through the storyline and do like a couple of the side quests, perfectly fine. Good times. It's very violent. Like she just cuts dudes down. Like they were talking, I remember when in the reviews they were saying there's not as much combat. There is not as much combat, but there's still enough of it that I'm like, why is she just hacking guys apart? It's really weird because she's like, they just turn her into Rambo. So they cut guys throats and stuff in the middle of the jungle it's interesting that, that fits in quite well with our meet it, of the it episode. will yeah so what about you tim mine is also gaming again i finally i'm not gonna say i finished breath of the wild because it's one of those games that 
I don't know if I'll ever like think that know that I'm totally finished with it, but I did oh, beat nice. Ganon. All right. So yeah, I just went ahead and boss fight, and it was pretty fucking easy. But that's because like I powered up everything to max because that's just how I do. But that being said, it was a yeah. fun boss fight. Like uh, I liked it, and I liked the ending and everything. I thought was uh, pretty good, and yeah. I, I have still been going back. When you clear it, uh, you get at that point you finally get the little percentage marker that says how close to f- actually being finished you are. And I was at like sixty two percent or something because like most of that is like Korok seeds and like visiting areas and like I still have four hundred something Korok seeds to get. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, I think um, I was at four fifty when I. I don't remember what my finish was when I fin- like beat the game. So I'd have to go back. I'd have to hook up my yeah. Wii U to find out, actually. So, because you talking about this game, like, yeah. I'm going to start playing it, I think, now that I'm done Tomb Raider. Like, I want to do, like, I want to do an episode on it. Well, like, that's, I, and that's I the thing. Definitely like, I want to, I want to, I think we should do an episode on it. And, like, my problem is that I, it's been two years since I've really played it. So I'd like, I'm, I kind of want to do, like, yeah. an optimal path run kind of thing and just, like, get the greatest hits of it kind of thing before we talk about it in depth again. Cause it's been, like, yeah. forever. And it's been, like, a lot of games since then also so and i'd like to like yeah. jump into it on the switch um, too i've never i never actually played it through on switch like i played it on wii u so i wonder if it'd be a little bit nicer yeah. performing experience than it was on the old hardware so yeah exactly i mean uh and when i so when i got through i found out and you also get like you've done this many out of this many side quests and somehow i'd missed a few side quests even though i had actually gone and like checked the list and i don't know yeah. how i fucking missed them but most of them were ones where like I could just go talk to the you know quest giver and then be like talk to him again and be like yeah I already did that mm-hmm. and they would be like oh yeah. okay thanks <laughs> so really quick ones to knock out or like ones that were just like collect like five yeah. frogs or some yeah shit. I remember those ones too but I have yeah but I have still been like just bombing around because there are still like parts of the world that I haven't explored and it's fun enough and sort of mindless enough that I can still do that like while I'm uh, like exercising on our little elliptical in mm-hmm. front of the tv kind of thing so i've just been doing that just to have something to keep me occupied and keep my mind occupied while i'm working out so um, i don't know how long i'll keep doing that like at some point i think i'm probably gonna get sick of just hunting koroks but might be a uh, time to go grab mario odyssey or something since you have the switch and like we have that yeah alicia already alicia hasn't played through it, it and seemed to like it but the thing with something like that is like Something like that that requires a little bit more like finesse and like reaction time is not great when like a lot of my motor control is tied up and like not falling Fair. off of the elliptical. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Whereas the uh, I can I can pretty easily just like soar through the air to the next Korok seed area and pick up a rock and put it in the circle of rocks. That's fair. Without <laughs> that's pretty easy to do. <laughs> so yeah. Good game. I highly recommend it if you have not already played it, although I'm sure everybody that would potentially have played it has played it by now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The game of the year, like, two years ago now. <laughs> yeah, it was two years ago? Yeah, because it was before I went to Manual. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, It was the game of the year for 2017. Yeah. For a lot of outlets. Yeah, yeah, and we're now in 2019, so it is two years, because it launched around this time two years ago. I like remember. March, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right, so let's move along. It's me to the episode time. Meat of the episode. Bloody bullet riddled meat. It is that actually. So uh, we're going to do talk about Punisher and I'm not sure exactly how we're going to do this because like we never really actually formally talked about season one of Punisher. So I feel like this may be kind of like a wrap up of Punisher since it's 
basically over now. So like it hasn't been canceled yet. Well, and it's been out for like two weeks. I know. I'm actually kind of surprised they haven't pulled the trigger yet. They might be just waiting to do it and Jessica Jones at the same time. Like just put them both out of their misery with like yeah, me too. Two you know birds with one stone kind of deal. So just let the shows yeah. Air. That seems like a good like Frank Castle like move. Yeah, like kill two shows with one bullet from like a mile away. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> That's what I'm assuming is going to happen with these at this point. But I don't know when that Jessica Jones season is actually due out. So I don't know. I don't know. We do have the Internet. We do. We could look it up. Season three. I had all my Punisher stuff. Apparently summer, but they have not released an actual uh, release date yet. I'd be amazed if they don't just like dump it in April and just like call it a day. Well, they were supposed to, since we're talking about Punisher, they were supposed to, they were going to do like a surprise release for Punisher Mm -hmm. uh, in like the fall of 2017, like in October. And then the Las Vegas. That's right. I was going to say the Las Vegas shooting happened. So they had to delay it. That's right. I remember that too. Everybody was like super up in arms. Like mid November. And even then when the show came out, people were still up super up in arms because it is like, it's a Punisher TV show. So it is just like a dude shooting Mm -hmm. other dudes. It's like, well... It is, but only bad dudes. It is what it says on the tin. You know what I mean? Like I don't know what you really expected yeah. from a Punisher TV show. So, all yeah. right. Like you guys saw the Daredevil. You saw Daredevil season two. Like right? you know what this is going to be. Like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I still like the fact that they like backdoor piloted their way into having a Punisher TV show by using him in Daredevil season two. Like I was super excited when they brought and really effective. Yeah, and like I, I was super excited when they brought him into season two of Daredevil because I was like, oh, that's cool. They're like expanding the universe and stuff. But like John Barenthal crushed it and they were like, oh, yeah, we're immediately giving this guy a fucking show. So yeah, I think that was my favorite part of Daredevil season two. Was oh, the Punisher all the, stuff. the Punisher stuff was the best part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The best part of season two. Cool. So let's like talk about Punisher. I would like I don't know how to do this now because I was gonna be like, what did you like? <laughs> what didn't you like? All right. I'm back. Let's get cool. All right. Wasn't like wasn't like one of Christie's like uh ten minute poo breaks. No, <laughs> we think we lost her for the rest of the night too. <laughs> exactly. You're like Christie's just yeah, gone. Christy's We're just not sure Then we find out that she's been shitting her brains out for or half or an she hour. She just Elvis and fucking died. She just <laughs> <laughs> I was always worried about that. Like, that was the one that worried me the most. I don't know why that popped into my head. Because, like, she's rushing to get back to, like, get on the show. And she's really fucking, like, you know, pushing hard. And just, like, boop. <laughs> yeah, just fucking gives herself an embolism uh, or some shit. I hope she listens to this. We miss you, Christy. It's got real fucking dark. Don't. Real fucking fast. Don't, don't poop. Don't poop yeah, too hard. Don't, don't strain. You don't have to strain to get back to us, you know? So just, just let it happen. It's cool, man. Play a game. Yeah, let it happen. Let it happen inside your yoga yeah. pants oh, or Jesus. whatever, like that one time. Those two times, I think we've got yoga pants stories. So <laughs> I'm gonna, it's gonna miss having her around on the regular, you know, just to bring this <laughs> shit up. Yeah, we'll need to have like guest guest hosts to do like poop yeah, stories. Yeah, since I don't, I don't have, an, I have, my, I don't have any poop stories that involve me that I can think of. I have a lot of like movie theater ones, but none that involve me, like. Doing them, just like a lot of weird shit happened at that movie theater, man. And like weird shit. I'm not even that's not even like pun intended. Like I meant to say it that way. Because like weird shit happened at that movie theater. <laughs> Fucking bizarre. So yeah. So anyway. And I'm not always in the in the bathroom. Oh, no. <laughs> you ever see one of those seats that they don't like flip back up properly if there's a little bit of weight on them? Or there was shit weight on them. And it was like liquid shit weight. I don't know why I'm, gonna leave, I'm leaving so, this in. I'm leaving so this in the podcast. It's disgusting. But either way, yeah, so like, absolutely. My 
manager who's cleaning the theater with me like tapped the fucking seat. I don't know what the fuck he was thinking. Like, I don't know what was going on. So it like snapped back up because all those seats snapped back up. So first of all, it kind of like splattered up into his face a little bit, which was awesome. Mm, They hate it. The second thing, it was, it was, it was, it was wet. So like when he flipped up, it just went down and hit the concrete floor and just went (laughs) out. And this is pre-stadium seating. So it was basically just a slope. So we just had hot, wet shit running directly down <laughs> under the seats. <laughs> I'm just picturing like uh, like that scene from the first Alien movie where like they get the acid oh, dripping God, was... down from deck to deck. <laughs> was... and they're running down being like, we got to stop it. It's going to eat its way through the whole theater. It was the easiest raise I ever got from that movie theater <laughs> that night. I could, I could tell you that much. The easiest raise I ever got. <laughs> Yeah, I'll clean that up, but I need to be making a dollar more an hour. I need like two dollars more an hour. I think I got it. Yeah. They were like, "Fine, you did. Yeah, you did it." Because I cleaned it. My, <laughs> the worst part is the manager got like sick. Like, just saw, realized what happened and what was in his eye and face and mouth. I think he got in the mouth and just ran out of the fucking auditorium. And I'm like, "What's going on?" And so that's when I discovered like Niagara shitfalls happening down my, you know, whatever. It was anyway. Punisher season one and two, guys. Well, let's talk about season. <laughs> Let's just do overview quickly. Did you like season one of Punisher? Yay or nay? Yay. Yeah, I really liked uh, season one. Did you have caveats on season one, Paul? Did you? Okay, now you have. Did you just watch it? This is the first time you yeah, watched it? Yeah, I, I just watched. I just did all of the Punisher. Oh, you all did all of it? Down. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. How did that hold up as like one big arc then? Um, As one big arc, I felt that season two was retreading ground that had been covered well enough in season one. So it felt like they had already kind of run out of ideas by season two. Like the story arc, particularly for Jigsaw Jigsaw, was kind of started to get interesting closer to the end. And then he became relegated to the B-list villain when it came to the culmination of season two with the Schultzes being like that being the big end of the series villain moment. And I was really confused as to why they made that choice. So overall, season one had a much more satisfying arc with pretty much every character. And season two was just kind of like it, w- it had really good moments and really good episodes, mm-hmm. but it was more definitely more uneven. And there were some characters that I did not give two shits about <laughs> in season two. Well, particularly Pilgrim. That Okay, <laughs> let's start because uh, I wanted to start with who did you hate? Because like, yeah. or what did you hate? I guess because this way we can start on the negative, which we like to do, and then we can end on the positive. <laughs> yeah. Which just turns into the negative anyway, but either way. So, like, we're in kind of season two, so, like, what did you hate about season two? I hate about season two. Yeah. Like, I'm with Paul. The whole, like, righteous Christian villain trope with whatever you want to call him, whether it's Pilgrim or, I guess, it's based off Mennonite in the comics. Yeah. Is it's getting pretty played out. It's been used a lot the last, like, maybe five, ten years, and I could just use a break from it. Um, like yeah. Boardwalk Empire had that character as well, like a very similar character and stuff yeah. like that. And it's just one that gets used a lot. And I mean, it's it's cool when it's done right, but it's just been used so much. I was kind of hoping they would go like more right wing fundamentalist with it as opposed to like kind of weird, like yeah. <laughs> like dark Republican backroom dealing bullshit. Yeah, like, like we- weird, like crazy, quite 
like, like crazy death wish Quaker Oats man or something. Yeah, like that was it was yeah. very strange. So <laughs> not that we shouldn't be vilifying these people because they exist and they're real and they're terrible. But the way that it was executed in this show was so it was both cartoonish and kind of bland at the same time. Like Pilgrim, the character himself was so over the top. And kind of like he reminded me of Caleb from season seven of Buffy and how kind mm-hmm. of what uh, what he was. And then the Schultzes were so kind of like it could have been just real on the nose. Generic. Yeah, super. They were very yeah, harsh. It was just a little very harsh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a little too it it just, that whole B plot of the series, which turned into the A plot, felt flat for me overall. So I did yeah. kind of uh, enjoy like the way he finished them at the end, though, like. It just oh at the at the dinner at table, the dinner that, table? Was fucking in, that was awesome. See, like this, there's scenes in there that are fucking so good. Like that was my problem with the show. Where I'm like, man, this the writing's a little uneven this year. But holy shit, he just put that man's head yeah. through a sink. I don't really care about the writing that much anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the other, my other caveat for season two was the whole like twisted therapist, yeah. broken patient that was my thing. Big, like uh... that's that's a little much for me too. Like again, it's one that's really been done to death. I mean. Even if you just take the Joker Harley Quinn relationship, you know, even that has been just hammered over the head lately. So yeah. I, I could have done without most of that. Like, I understand you need some way or to enable Russo and to sort of bring him back, but it could have been done better, I think. Yeah. And particularly like that character, uh, Dumont, I What's think her name, the yeah. doctor's name, Dr. Dumont. Yeah, it was Dumont. She, her character was super uneven too, because she seemed like a perfectly professional woman who had dealt yeah. with a lot of broken people, but for some reason she just really felt for uh, like Jigsaw, super hot. Maybe he was just really like, hot. Maybe she just, I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. The, 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 her whole character, I really wanted to enjoy that. And sometimes I did enjoy her character when it seemed like her motivations made sense. But a lot of the times she was just going along for the ride and it didn't seem like there was a reason for it. Yeah. Like with Harley Quinn, you know that she's slowly buying into it and then she goes batshit. Like there was something off in her to begin with, with Dr. Harleen Quinzel. But with Dumont, you're just kind of like, no, she seems normal. And then suddenly she's like, oh, I like your dark and twisted self or whatever. It just, yeah. it was that uneven. Was, that was, yeah, it was just yeah. her character was written pretty inconsistently. And I agree, like her motivation was never really clearly spelled out. Or if it yeah. was, it contradicted itself in the next episode or something like that. Yeah, that was my big like hang up on the show this year was like definitely that like the, the twisted mm-hmm. like psychiatrist romance thing. I was like, oh, man, this has been done way too many times i thought at first i was really gonna dislike uh georgia wingham's character like the amy character is it amy yeah amy right whatever or or whatever Whatever. you want to call her yeah just got however however many aliases she has like at first i was like oh my god will you just listen to him he seems to know what he's doing and he's keeping you alive like stop (laughs) arguing like it just drives me nuts when they do that teen girl is going to argue with the superhero trope yeah but eventually i was like actually you know what i kind of like her like she just kind of kept throwing shit back at him and i was like yeah Fair enough. Yeah, she grew yeah. on me too. She she was a really good foil to yeah. Frank. Yeah, they had a lot of like good back and forth moments. Like the moment that sold her for me was having to pull the bullet out of yeah. Frank's ass. Yeah, yeah. Like that was like, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm on board for this. I was laughing now. pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was not quite there yet, but when when they did the three card Monty game yeah. and she yes. kept, uh fucking with him, that was that was the scene where I was all like, I see yeah. what they're doing now. Yeah, she okay, has something to teach Frank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. like she she kept fucking up so bad that I was like, is this going to be like 
constantly her thinking she's smarter than everybody else and not and but never actually being smarter than anybody else this is going to get tired fast but then she actually was showed her cleverness yeah multiple times yeah. and i was like oh okay yeah she's quick on her feet she's really adaptive and could really she seemed to have a really uh, innate sense to sort of yeah. read people and yeah. i think some of those qualities she sort of shares with frank and so i see some overlap in some areas where they sort of complement themselves and we're a good good sort of yeah. odd couple team i liked the the episode i think it was mid-season or like later in the season when they were kind of back in town and like he she he had her dolled up like a like an underage escort kind of thing and oh like, yeah but like yeah, yeah. just the, the the image of like them walking in together and like the guy realizing like oh shit that's punisher kind of thing it's like <laughs> yeah yikes like that's a moment <laughs> that was a tv moment for me this year that was that was very much yeah that was very much a uh, v for vendetta like natalie yeah, portman yeah moment. actually very much yeah it was very reminiscent of that actually that's a good call i haven't seen that movie in a long time i should watch it again you should watch that's it true. on the 5th of november i watch it like about every two years on Ooh, guy fox day fair. All right, so is that all the grapes you guys had, really? That's... For for season two, that was it. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was as consistent as season one, but I still had a yeah. lot of fun with it overall. Yeah. Oh, there was one episode that I, like, for some reason, it seemed to be pretty highly rated, but I found it really boring Where it, when the, it was, like, the siege on the police. Oh, I like that. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't, like, gunfights in the dark just don't do anything for me i i find that there was just it was just hard to follow like it was hard to follow the the tension wasn't really there i didn't really and every thing about that whole scene felt so by the numbers and it just dragged on for a really long time was that the one with the strobes and the like loud music and shit like that or was that no okay. this was this is the uh, the, the very it was very At like subdued yeah. and quiet and then yeah. early oh, on, yeah, yeah, episode yeah. four oh yeah. right, right. The, the, the the like rural police department one yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, basically like them homaging uh, Assault on Precinct Thirteen mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. like that, the old Carpenter movie. I think. Yeah, and then Madani comes in on the in the helicopter and yeah. just basically solves the problem. I was just like, eh, it didn't really work for me. But other than that, season two was fine. It was there were a lot. <laughs> there was a lot to like about season two. Yeah. So like, what did you guys like then? So, so we can just get into that because like. We just talk about some fight scenes now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's just start. Let's just start the first man. episode. That fucking bathroom fight scene. Like, oh, hooked God me. That hooked me it. for the season. I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. This is brutal. Fucking Frank just pinned that bitch to the fucking bathroom door and yeah. then smashed oh, this dude's head through a sink. Like, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and that's my thing. Like, every time we were talking about the show, I'm like, every time they show, because that was like part of the, the, the trailer footage was always like the. I'm putting this guy's head through a sink. And like they do that stunt in every action show now. Like they, they did in Daredevil. Like I just saw it in the last season of Daredevil. I love that stunt because it looks ridiculously painful. Yeah. So like when he did it, I was like, oh God, he really hammered that fucker. I was like, that looks, yeah. yeah. They got their stunt guys like money worth yeah. this time. And then out, immediately so. after you end up with that fucking gunfight out in the actual tavern, like they could have just left it there. Right. But they didn't. They were like, no, yeah. we're going to give him that. And then we're going to give him another fucking five minute shootout. And like knife fight in the bar as well, and they killed poor Ringo. Yeah, that, so that one hurt me. Ringo, yeah, 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 me, yeah me too. Yeah, yeah. The fight scene. I also like the one in the Russian gym. Oh, oh. The end result of the dude, and that, that guy's actually a former WWE wrestler. Yeah, was what was his name? Ivan Kozlov or something like that. Was his in ring name? I got to look up what his real name was. But yeah, that guy was a WWE guy. But yeah, he looked like chunk by the end of uh, <laughs> that assault. Fucking like, it was. Beef. <laughs> holy fucking shit that was so gross 
Yeah. I was like cringing. Like there was even a lot of cringy shit, like violence wise, but yeah. I, that one I was like, oh God, that's 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 outside my wheelhouse. Like that was brutal on a different level. So that's one of the things I like about these shows over these both of these seasons overall is that they don't shy away from that shit. Like no. they're like completely graphic about shit. And I mean, sure, some people are probably like, oh my god, this is awesome, but like it's also super realistic in terms of what actually happens when you take a fucking like 20 pound weight to somebody's head 30 times yeah yeah that was a that was a rough sit that one there's a couple like long slog action sequences it's good it's it's good because i i feel like it it helps to not glorify the violence right like when you're sitting there and you're like oh that guy got his ass kicked but here you're like holy fuck like that guy's skull is shattered he is dead like there was a couple little things like where like the pilgrim pulled teeth out of his head, like after the neo Nazis like mm-hmm. surprised him later in the season, where I was like, Oh, that's fucking gross. Like that's just yeah. gross. Yeah. Like the guy's fucking tooth was embedded in his skull. I was like, oh god. Those are some of my favorite scenes in these shows overall, is showing the aftermath of the fights. Yeah. You know, it's not just like, and then it's two days later and he's perfectly fine, but like you get to see Frank like fucking like operating on himself and shit like that or like you know having to put his shoulder back into socket or like stitching up a fucking wound and shit like that or breaking his hand doing a stunt and having to wear a cast for most of the season so that's actually yeah because that was the legit like that was a legit hand injury he had for most like when he was wearing the cast for those couple episodes oh yeah because he i guess like he actually broke his hand while they were Mm. shooting he did a vigo mortensen or a uh, jeremy renner did the same thing on the avengers remember that last year he did did it on tag yeah, he did, did he? it on tag. Yeah, he got hurt on tag. <laughs> because he wasn't even in Infinity War. So, like, oops. <laughs> yeah. Everyone that's, was like, oh, did he get hurt doing Avengers? It was like, well, I'm not even in Avengers. Like, wow, yeah. that. He probably, probably that's just did shitty. it for attention. Yeah. Like, well, I got kicked out of that movie. That sucks. I'm not even in the Avengers movie. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> or even, um, like, in terms of aftermath, the scene in the first season where Curtis gets fucking beaten oh, beaten with his with own his fucking leg? prosthetic leg and then after you see like half of his face just fucking swollen up like crazy oh, yeah. one of his eyes swollen shut like in you know fucking like your standard cr- procedural cop drama or something like that he might have like a black eye and like you know a bloody lip or something like that but no yeah. that's realistic yeah. that scene was one of the most upsetting to me in the in the entire series because i love Hoyle like he's he's kind of like the best example of like post-war masculinity taking care of yourself like a man kind of stuff because there's toxic masculinity and masculinity in general being a, a arching theme like how what kind of man are you and how do you do manhood kind yeah. of thing and Curtis was the good one he was oh, the yeah. one who's like he was still a tough badass but he was trying to help people and and, he, and particularly Lewis and then Lewis starts beating him with the leg and it was just like no you can't take away Curtis he's the he's the good one but yeah uh, Curtis is he's the moral center yeah. of it yeah yeah he's the conscience of the show for sure yeah absolutely yeah so I like actually I enjoy, quite enjoyed the actor this year too like the first year he felt a little shaky this year I was like oh I'm on board like he was doing good work Felt like he was yeah. more comfortable with Berenthal. I felt like they'd actually like become friends because like some of the scenes where they're like in the car and he's like telling him he's like his only black friend and shit like that. Like I was on the fucking floor laughing at that stuff. I'm like, I've yep heard that conversation before a million times. It's fantastic. Yeah. But let's give credit with credit where credit's due. The dude's name is Jason Armour. There it is. Yeah. Why do I that plays Curtis Hoyle. But what else? What else did I like in season two? That this is maybe not a it's a sort of for better for worse thing i found season two to be a lot more 
comic booky than season one yeah, was. Agreed. And and again, it's a tonal shift. It's not super jarring, but you know, if you're into that, it works better. If you're not into that, maybe you know, if you really like the grim and gritty and realistic side of uh, season one, maybe it didn't work for you. Yeah. But just a taste. What of I it. did think was funny, and I probably should have talked about this in gripes, was like especially early on in the season, they seem to be doing reaction shots to Jigsaw's face. Like he was like Harvey Dent scarred, like really fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas uh, he's yeah. still like smoking fucking hot. Like he's like the best looking dude ever, <laughs> but he's got some like scars on his face. I'm like, so you're, you're not a 10, you're a 9.5 and now you have to kill everybody. Like what's, yeah. Holy shit. It, with his, yeah, it's like, with his sexy Bane coat. Yeah. And then like every time they take yeah. off the mask, everybody stands around. Like it's a fucking like eighties. <laughs> What do you call it? Like a soap opera or something like that? Like something mom would have watched. Like Days of Our Lives where like one of the women got figured yeah. in a car accident and they take the mask off and everybody like, oh my God, she's disfigured. But like he had like a, he had like bad acne scars yeah. basically. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'd still bang. I'm like, yeah. you look pretty good to me. So yeah, I mean, that was a little weird. <laughs> part of me wonders if that's a budget thing. Part of me wonders if it's like, you know. I don't know. Not wanting him to have to act through, through that much uh, makeup and shit like that. Or I think it was just like people were like super thirsty for Ben Barnes. Yeah. And they're like, we can't fuck <laughs> his face up too much. Otherwise, nobody like the women won't watch the show with their boyfriends anymore. So like, <laughs> But it definitely detracts from the weight of that season two ending or season one ending. Yeah. Where, you yeah. know, fucking Frank just fucks up his face and is like, hey, pretty boy, look at your fucking face now. Yeah. Like, and they even they even foreshadow that earlier in the season where Madani specifically says you know you have all these battle scars like on his torso and shit like that but none on this pretty face and they're like just you wait yeah N- next season he'll have six small scars on his face <laughs> you're gonna look like you <laughs> got hit with a like, from the side by breaking glass or something yeah. like that like you just got a couple scratches yeah because yeah. i mean jake's on oh. the comics like it's supposed to be like pretty fucking He's, disfigured right he, they they mess him up you depends on the artist obviously like yeah. but yeah Generally speaking, like if you go to like the Steve Dillon kind of stuff, it's he's pretty fucking mutilated. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. So I was like, that was a little weird for me, where I was like, especially it was just the reaction shots. I think I would, probably wouldn't have minded it so much if they didn't stop <laughs> and basically have like the organ fucking hit too. Like yeah. when he, I don't, it was really. I was like, <laughs> dun, dun, yeah. dun. I was like, he's not. I was like, I don't. I'm like, I don't understand. Like it, he's not going to get swipe right on every. Like it's only going to be nine out of ten times as opposed to ten out of ten. Like that's all yeah. right, yeah. man fucking way to suffer through life dude like i don't know it was it seemed a little bit much anyway <laughs> yeah i did really enjoy the difference between season one russo with season two like whether you want to call him jigsaw or whatever it was cool to see him broken i thought it was a really good representation of how much a traumatic event like that can change a person fundamentally mm-hmm. you know like he was an entirely different person for about half the season and even when he does sort of start getting back to his shitty normal self, like he still can be triggered on a dime, you know, into PTSD and like anxiety attacks and shit like that. Yeah, I was actually pretty happy with like his whole arc, even if like it got overextended in certain spots. Like it felt they really welded mm-hmm. a lot of extra shit in the middle of season two to kind of keep him like as an active threat, even when they probably could have just finished it earlier. Like I was sure they were going to run yeah. through the like the Christian stuff early on in the season. And like get rid of Pilgrim like seasons yeah. like episodes six, seven, eight kind of thing, and then like have the last bunch of episodes be like, all right, we're gonna finally like unravel this like Just, yeah. jigsaw with his gang and stuff like that. But then it kind of they kept switching the way the plot was moving, and then it ended up being like, oh wait, they're both still around, and 
he, like Frank's barely involved with the end of Jigsaw's little story anyway. So like kind of felt weird. Yeah. This was a problem that I had with a little bit with both seasons because um, the big plot cul-de-sac in season one is the Lewis storyline uh, with like the guy, you know, he becomes the bomber. Oh, the bomber. Yeah, right. The bomber yeah. And, yeah. and so that one was, I think, handled a lot better because it felt like at least it, First of all, brought Karen Page into the fold because I love me some Karen, and yeah. also mm-hmm. it advanced everyone's character. Uh, the same, it showed a little bit more of who Frank is, and overall, it was just worked. It integrated itself into the season a little bit better, even if it did feel a little bit like it was padding the season, which it was. Yeah, I mean, like let's be fair, the, the thirteen episode yeah. mandate for these shows was part of their downfall, I think, because a lot. I think a lot of people probably started losing interest mid-season for a lot of these shows. I was thinking about it earlier and was like, if they'd gone the Letterkenny route and done like six episodes, six or seven episodes more frequently, obviously, than like this fucking like wait two years between or wait four years between episodes or seasons of Daredevil kind of stuff. But if it had been like six episodes and then four months later, another show, six episodes like that had happened on a regular clip. I'm like, yeah, fine. Because you're getting these nice little contained bits. Like, yeah, I was kind of hoping when this got launched, they would have cut the order the same way they did for Iron Fist, and it was just ten. Because when I started to get to like episode ten, I was like, mm-hmm. right, like, just yeah. kinda, like, let's wrap this shit up." Yeah, in season two, Ooh. in season two especially, I, I agree with Paul. Like the they didn't intertwine the plots to the same quality in season yeah. two that they did in season one. But season one, I really liked it. I really liked how they handled that subplot in the way that it was just they were in the middle of the a plot. And then a fucking bomb goes off and that is immediately everybody's attention. And I think it was really effective in terms of how an event like that completely disrupts everything when it actually does happen, you know, like it would in real life sort of thing. Like, say, look at the I think the most analogous one here would be like the Boston bombing because it was also like one of those like fragmentation bombs made in a yeah a pressure cooker. It led to the most inventive episode of the the season in season one where they did the Rashomon style. The Rashomon? Yeah. Yeah, where everyone uh, got to give their perspective on the events of the bombing in the hotel. And I thought that I had, I wished that they had been a little bit more creative like that in season two. Like they had taken a few more directorial chances. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. it was a little bit more straight up actiony in season two, it did, it, to its benefit and detriment. But like every episode, kind of felt like it was going on, except for the one where they had the really big showdown between Frank and uh, Billy. Yeah, Billy. Yeah, and that felt like really big and monumental, and it felt a little bit. It had a little bit of a different tone from the rest of the season, but season one that one episode being around episode 10, I was like, Oh, my interest was reinvigorated as a result of that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. yeah I wish I had uh, yeah. seen season one more recently. Cause it's been a long time. Like I watched it when it came out and I've not rewatched it. So I'm not super up to date on it. I should have watched a recap video or something. Cause you guys are talking about stuff. I'm like, I remember this stuff, but I don't really have yeah. like an opinion on it anymore. So I just sat down and rewatched it this week. Like it was one of those things I was just doing while I was working kind of thing. I put it on in the background and, I mean, this was me just having come off season two and really enjoying season two and then going back and watching season one and being like, this is even better. Yeah, I really I remember enjoying season one a lot. Like I placed it very high. If I was going to like order these things like Daredevil's always going to be far and away number one. But I think Punisher, like 
out of all the shows now, it's up there. It's like probably my second favorite of the shows, like of these Netflix shows now. Well, the thing is, Punisher season one was a much more consistent season than, like, I think for me, it probably sits above Luke Cage because Luke yeah. Cage's second season as, or second half of the first season, as we've said time and time again, really shit the fucking dead. Yeah. So, yeah, but the first season of Punisher held up really well all the way through. Mm-hmm. And while we're talking about that Lewis subplot, it was, it was so good to see a fucking white man branded as the terrorist in this case, rather than like your usual, like I used to love 24 and I cannot go back and watch it now. Cause every season it's like generic fucking, you know, Brown skin guy is the villain. And I've, yeah. I've not watched that show since like it aired. So it was a show that I watched re- like religiously for like eight years though. Like I watched. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. Like I watched every episode of that original yeah. run, but it's a show that I don't think I'll ever be able to yeah. go back and rewatch no. because of that stigma. I don't know. Is, is Kim still in danger? Is she still, oh, is, is, the, is she still getting chased by the mountain lion? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's I, going on. I never mind when they try and shoehorn her into the show, but I'm like, Cause you do it in a way that didn't make her look like a complete ninny all the time. Like every time yeah. it was just like, wow, she looks it's like you'd want to make what's her, that's Alicia Cooper. Alicia right? Cuthbert. Alicia yeah. Cooper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. just like want to make her seem like the ditziest dumb blonde in the history of Hollywood. Cause like every hour she was doing something ridiculous. It was, mm-hmm. it was exhausting anyway. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It was. Um, and also that <laughs> woman of color, uh, yeah. Dina, we haven't talked about much about Dina Madani yet. Actually, yeah, we, haven't really love... talked, we haven't even talked about Frank much. So, like, yeah, I was kind of yeah. like, there's a couple characters we haven't really <laughs> talked about here. Yeah, I the first season for Dina's arc was awesome. I love, oh. I I really love Dina Madani. Like, I at, from her introduction to like the end of season one, I was kind of bummed out that you know she got taken out of the fight somewhat early in at the end of the season one, but I knew it had to be. Frank yeah, versus it had to be Billy. I knew yeah. it. Punisher yeah, Jigsaw. I knew it, yeah. but it had to be. But I like that she was always competent. She she was able they didn't dumb her down situationally to keep the plot going. Like she always had a pretty good head on her shoulders. And when she didn't, it was motivated. You know, like when she's doing something that seems a little bit questionable, it's because, you know, like you understand why she's doing this. It's not like situational writer's dumbness like kim from 24 yeah very much like well she's she's kind of the straight man cop and she's got to play by the rules and when she doesn't until eventually they they add sergeant mahoney like i was so happy yeah. to see brett show up this year i like i love that character so much like his little arc <laughs> oh is that the that's the black cop yeah the black cop who's like from daredevil yeah, yeah. like he started at the right, right, cop right. in season i think season two actually i think he was actually might have been season one yeah he was in season one for sure but he was there at the first Punisher shootout in like plain clothes or in uh, oh, uniform or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And he ended up plain clothes by the end of that year or something. And he keeps showing up. And I like the fact that they brought him into this one and he got to play like the angel on Madani's shoulder, like to Frank's kind of devil mm-hmm. the whole time. I thought that was a fun little like way to use a character that existed and like people liked, but that was a Netflix original character and use him somewhere else. So. Yeah, I really like Madani about 90% of the time, about 10% of the time. Amber Rose Riva is just fucking overacting. I think with her, like there's some times where I was just like, that's a little much for me, but overall I think she's a really good character and I think has a really good arc over the two seasons uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that character around since like Netflix original means like that character is now gone. So that's kind of, well, at least we had her, at least we had her when we had her. Well, 
we had it for two seasons, so there's yeah. that. Is there anything else? Anything else? Well, we should probably talk about Frank. We should talk about Frank. Talk about I feel that. like we have been ignoring kind of Frank this year. I mean, it was brilliant casting to start, but we talked about that, you know, back in Daryl oh, yeah, days. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, it's fucking just perfect casting. Like John Bernthal does that whole like restrained crazy thing really well. And sometimes my only gripe with with his portrayal is that sometimes he does he also I think overacts a little bit. I think it might be in the writing more than in his acting though. Like it doesn't play for me when they give the Punisher like a three minute monologue or some yeah, shit yeah. like that. It should be very like <laughs> like I think he should very be much be more like a strong silent type kind it's of thing. It's hard to do that like, on TV though properly. You know what I mean? Because this means like all your tangential characters are talking and your main characters just kind of reacting to it, which is just like. Oh man, that's not super interesting. And like, I mean, sometimes Berenthal does get very barky. Like when he's yelling, it's Russo, like Russo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Tune it down. Yeah. Tone down the Christian Bale. <laughs> Tone down the, the Christian Bale, like just like two notches. And we'll be like, perfect, buddy. Like, yeah, sometimes he gets real yeah. intense. Yeah. But he seems to just like love the role and just enjoy playing it. So like oh, yeah. ah, I like I'm gonna miss him too. So yeah. and just in, in the lighter moments as well, like he does play that sort of like charming aloof like yeah. lug like pretty well the, as what is well. it rough road she calls him at the beginning like when yeah, they're fucking road. when they're laughing yeah, about yeah. that for, yeah him for, and uh, <laughs> electro gwen from angel are laughing about that at the beginning of the season there i was like that's amazing <laughs> yeah that, yeah him yeah. and beth man as soon as i saw beth in that scene i was like well this is the love interest for at least a while and then something shitty is gonna happen to her yeah and sure the, enough like, like the next episode <laughs> By the end of that episode, yeah, was that end, end of that, of that episode? episode? I, mean, I, I see the the problem with watching yeah. these the way I watch them is like it just kind of blurs yeah, together. I don't really know together. where the episode lines are anymore. I like that yeah. they cast uh, Alexa yeah. Davalos in that though because I haven't seen her in much since she did Angel. Like she kind of she does she's done other stuff. You should you should watch you should watch Man in the High Castle because she's really good in that. Uh, I was just gonna say I know she's on Man in High Castle, and that's something that's kind of on my list to uh, yeah. to watch. I still haven't watched the third season of that, but uh, the first two seasons I really enjoyed. It's just I haven't got to the third season yet. That's about all I really had about Punisher this year. Did you guys want to talk about Frank a little bit more? Because like I kind of enjoyed his like arc now this year. Like he kind of actually had a character arc, which for Punisher is interesting because usually he's kind of yeah. like the force of nature that shows up in the story. And kills a bunch of shit. But they had to. I mean, like that works mm-hmm. when he's a side character. When he's, you know, when he's when he's showing up yeah. in Archie comics, you know. But yeah, when he is the title character, people, especially with these Netflix shows, they expect an arc. And I think that the, what they did in terms of what his arc was made a lot of sense. Like he didn't change yeah. that much between season one and season two. I mean, he's still basically doing that, like kind of like sweeping in and doing the damage and getting out. But like, I think he's just moved on a little bit in season two. Like you can tell that maybe he's a little more emotionally open. Like, you know, he's willing to sort of start a romantic entanglement with Mm -hmm. Beth and that kind of thing. And, but it's, it's not much, but there's a little bit. Yeah. And then he gets sucked back in because like, we wouldn't really have a fucking show to watch if he didn't get sucked back into some nonsense. And like that, that was a little contrived, but still him taking the fucking belt off and like wrapping it around his arm. I was like, all right, yeah. I'm already in. I know this is going to be awful. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, what else about Frank that first in the first season where he goes after those guys at the construction oh. site with this fucking sledgehammer. Oh. Holy shit. Yeah. That was one of the yeah. most brutal fights. Yeah. Like, 
that really and that was like early too that was like first couple episodes yeah. and I, like that really set the tone for the series yeah. and it sold me on the series to be honest i know that sounds fucking bad but like i no, like i was, just I, was I i went in watching expect- faces get turned into hamburger that <laughs> that's what sold you it, well because you know it was very satisfying because those guys were total fucking assholes and they were going they're yeah. burying a guy alive and i was like if this is going to be justice porn the series then this is what i expect to see like bruce <laughs> it would be better if it was justice porn the series like that would be the fucking show i would want to watch it with the punisher like if they're gonna keep doing like i know obviously they're not going to but if they were gonna keep doing it and they were just like we're just gonna do two episode like mini movies where like each two episodes is one story and it's just punisher comes in and it's justice porn time and he yeah. just fucks everything up and then goes away yeah. like a bad yeah. storm and i'm like that's fine do that <laughs> do do three of those yeah. like like Sherlock style and just get the fuck out of my way. Just yeah. go away. That's all you have to do. Uh, one thing about the justice porn thing though, is that they tried it in season two with Billy when the guy was like harassing him on the bus and then he, uh, they, it follows uh, him. The, the big dick guy. Yeah. And then he steals his clothes, but doesn't oh, yeah. take the big dick t-shirt. First of all, like, come take on. Shirt, man. Take the shirt. <laughs> take if you're going to do it, own it. Take the shirt. Yeah. But they didn't even show him actually, like beating the guy down so it was just kind of like but that's frank's thing that's not which but he they walk they walk him out and make him seem like oh i'm fucking gangsta now with the fucking yeah oh you can hear like the lord it feels good to be a gangsta and and you can almost (laughs) like you can almost feel the writers and director being like hey guys isn't this cool isn't this such a cool guys Actually, look how cool jigsaw is, is edgy Ugh. all i thought i wasn't even like is this cool i was like guys remember fucking fight club remember how much you liked fight club here's fight club <laughs> again i was like oh my god he yeah is. it's like his budget exactly like he's pretty but he's not brad yeah. pitt pretty so like <laughs> yeah it's like halfway between like tyler durden and bane yeah yeah kind of <laughs> <laughs> and Dark Knight Returns Bane, I should yeah, clarify. Yeah, absolutely. Not real Bane. That, yeah. Nick Bane. Tom Hardy Bane. Yeah. Or Dark Knight Rises, sorry. Yeah. Not Dark Knight Returns. We should do those movies at some point. Wait, never mind. Yeah, Tangent. we should. I We can't finish this episode without talking about Micro. Oh, Micro. Oh, yeah. There. No, I mean, well, just because if we're not ever going to fully cover season one, like I want to at least give props because. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I loved the Micro and Punisher stuff. They were such good yeah. foils to each other. Like. Frank more of that like old fashioned analog kind of guy. Micro's obviously super like digital connected. And I think that was really good because it makes it made it really hard for Frank to sort of comprehend what Micro's capabilities are because he just doesn't know that side of the world. And um, and then later when they're like teaming up, I thought they very much like Amy or Rachel or whatever in the second season made a really good like odd couple. Yeah, I did like Micro in the first season. I think I remember when we were watching it, I wish we could go back. I wish our text was e- more easily searchable so we could look up <laughs> when we were watching this stuff. But yeah, it's it's lost the time in Facebook now. But <laughs> I remember when we were talking about it, like us enjoying that dynamic between the two characters, like they're kind of like odd couple bitching at each other was very entertaining. Like and it kind of got me through the first half of that first season, like when the action was pretty sparse at first. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. Yeah, like micro naked in that rolly chair trying to convince Frank that, <laughs> that the building was like wired to blow and shit like that. And yeah, yeah. it was it was a lot, a lot of fun back and forth there. Good shit. Yeah. Good shit. yeah. And then the other really thing that I don't want to go finish this episode without talking about is that I think that this both seasons really have excellent representations of the issues that veterans face. Mm. 
uh, whether it's PTSD, whether it's depression, whatever, like that scene in Kandahar where Frank is just fucking massacring motherfuckers in the first season. Yeah. And like, then there's like that pseudo patriotic, I think Pearl Jam song playing over top of it and was so effective. No, wasn't it? It's, it really sounded like, uh, like Eddie, but maybe not. I have to go back, but it wasn't Pearl Jam. They usually don't license their stuff out to that kind of thing. So it wouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that being, I mean, even just talking about that, like this fucking soundtrack on season two, especially was like, Mark, you should watch this show. Yeah. There's a song in every episode that is here just yeah. for you. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And even some of the country <laughs> stuff from early on, which I'm not usually a fan of. I was like, some of this isn't bad. I could, well, I'm not going to go listen to it, but I wasn't hating it. Yeah. But yeah, they did use a lot yeah. of Alice in Chains this year. Like a lot of Alice in Chains was, uh, came up this year. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, I just I thought it did a really good job of shining a light on mm-hmm. uh, veterans issues, which is a massive problem in the U.S. right now, you know, in terms of them just not having the support networks that they need and stuff like that when they come back, like massive wait times at VA medical centers and hospitals and stuff like that. I agree. And there's something else that they did really well in this show, which is to delineate like the vigilante justice from the police justice that uh, because there there's like the a lot of cops in the United States wearing the Punisher badge and completely yeah. missing the fucking point of who the Punisher is. And like this idea that he has to go outside the law because the system itself is broken and failing. And they're like wearing the Punisher badge being part of that yes. particular system. The system is, and it's well, like, we, were, uh, we just, we just covered that in the news like a couple weeks ago. Didn't we were like the, the one of the, yeah, cause Jerry Conway, yeah, Jerry Conway yeah. was one of the guys who created the Punisher came out and was like, this is like exactly what you're talking about. Like, exactly. This is not what we wanted this to be happening. So. Yeah. And I think that yeah. the series does a really good job of making that distinction. Like what Frank does. Yes. Against the law, against the law and wrong and very fucking wrong. And like what they want to do is bring people to justice in a way to trust the system as much as they can even though the but we know that the system is failing there are parts of the system that work and there are people in the system that want to make it work like madani like karen page like we've got beacons of hope among the people within the system and then we've got frank working outside of it being able to at least uh, they understand each other's points of view but if you are within the system saying that the system is broken, but still get to take advantage of the system, like the police wearing the fucking Punisher badges, you're part of the problem. And that is something that, you know, both the creator of the Punisher and this show have made very explicitly clear. I just wanted to point it out one more time because it's really, yeah, yeah. important. Agreed. One other thing I want you guys, your uh, y'all's opinion on is uh, spending so much yeah, time in Atlanta, uh, bud. <laughs> time to move I, home. I'm, I'm I'm becoming an American next week. That's true. A week a week from now, I will be officially a Merkin. Merkin, congratulations! By the way, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, kind of. What did you guys think about the uh, Badani and Russo relationship in season one? Um. Uh, I didn't hate it. Like, I thought they actually had pretty good chemistry when they were, like, together together, like, before it kind of went south. So, like, yeah, it felt natural, like, when he turned and she got real pissed. I was like, yeah, I felt like that felt earned. I was okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. I See, my problem is a lot of the, I, I like, the side characters I don't, like, I'm not always, like, 100% sold on, especially early on. So, when all that stuff's happening, I'm like, can we just, like, I, I'm here to watch The Punisher and not spend 25 minutes yeah. with, like, <laughs> these other people. Like, oh, man. 
Yeah. I typically enjoyed their interactions when they were one-on-one. So I was like, yeah. I was fine with it. And um, any excuse to get Ben Barnes bare ass naked on the screen was fine <laughs> with me. You guys, you guys get to do it with the girls. I get to do it with the guys. And there's. Yeah. Or Amber Rose Riva. Yeah. She's a smoke show. Yeah, yeah. She is gorgeous. That being said, I don't know how many CIA agents you're going to actually, or how many feds you're going to see that actually fucking wear like thigh high stockings yeah. under their yeah. fucking outfit or whatever so that would throw up a flag for me yeah. but i don't care because i was still there for yeah, that uh, yeah Very good. but uh i mean what i really liked about their relationship was in the latter half of the season the tension and suspense that they played between the, those two was like fucking on yeah, yeah. like especially after oh poor sam stein mm-hmm. after he got killed by russo and then the end of that episode yeah. Russo is washing his blood off of uh, Madani in the bathtub. I think it did a really good job of selling us on the villainy of Jigsaw in general, of Billy Russo and how duplicitous and horrible he is. And the fact that Dina had a softer side and was letting this guy in and you're just like, no, it made me uh, care, like very (laughs) protective of her and care about her a lot. And I was like, I, you know, she can take care of herself, but she's letting herself be vulnerable to the worst possible person. And it's, it was really Mm -hmm. good dramatic irony and very well executed props to season one for that one for sure. Yeah. Speaking of dramatic irony, this is my like film school probably over analysis take on Jigsaw is that is that his like superpower seems to be like taking broken people and putting them back together again like a puzzle kind of mm-hmm. thing, but obviously like for his purposes, like he does that in season 1 with his uh Anvil guys and then in season 2 he takes all these guys from the from the veterans group or whatever and does yeah. the same thing like I don't know if that's like, is that like in the comics, like what he does kind of thing is, or is it just, am I just fucking reading way into that? I haven't read enough Punisher stuff to be like super familiar with the Jigsaw characters, like psychology, I guess. So I don't know. But I think it would be, it would be a disservice to Ben Barnes and his kind of natural charisma to, you know, not have him do that. It was, I think it was very effective. Yeah, uh, th- to even though he like, and then he used his scarring to his advantage in the second season to get all those guys on board. You know, like I thought that was, the, yeah, his, his minimal, his minimal scarring. scarring, exactly. His like, oh guys, like if what? he grew a beard, it was his gone. Life. Like I don't understand what the fucking problem was. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yes, yeah, like, and like, look at that last, uh, you know, scene in fucking season one. Like, fucking bullet hole in one side of his face, huge gashes just openly bleeding yeah. like crazy on the other side of his face. Like mm-hmm. it would have been a fucking mess yeah. under there. Mm-hmm. I, what I saw the most, like the one commentary about that was like modern plastic surgery is apparently very, very good. And like, it was I, well, not I was that like, good. I was like, I don't know if it's that fucking good, but all right. You know, like I could suspend yeah. disbelief, but like why? <laughs> yeah. All right, whatever. Like, and they, and they couldn't do that for fucking Harvey Dent and the dark. Well, apparently that was even worse. <laughs> have you ever seen the original photos of that? What that was supposed to look like? Like it was fucking. I think I've seen some of the different. Yeah, like yeah the one that really just it. looked like it's really bad burning. Like and it's really gross. Like really disgusting looking. Like yeah, ugh. yeah. Anyway, and guys, sorry to say, I am in the plastic surgery capital of the world in Seoul, South Korea, and you can still tell. You can still tell. It's oh, yeah. like just yeah, you go, you walk through Gangnam, and you see you can at nose jobs as far as the eye can see. Right. You know, 
the double <laughs> eyelid surgery, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't Korea yeah. like the place where they like almost you know so many people get those you know Western eyelid surgeries and stuff like that? Yeah, it's people come like. People come from all over Asia to go to Seoul, and particularly the Gangnam area in Apujang to get plastic surgery done. And it's, yeah, yeah. You, when you're walking through the streets, you can tell. There's a lot of people who wear the face masks just to cover their nose jobs. Uh. You know, not not to, mm. uh, a lot of it is because of the fucking air quality, but it's like a, it's a two for one deal, <laughs> you know. I'm going to restrain from singing uh, Gangnam Style. Yeah, yeah, let's not Please do that. Don't. How about, why don't we just do final <laughs> thoughts and then we can uh, do Geek Red and, and we can finish the episode. Okay. So I'll do my final thoughts first, I guess. I think that Punisher season one is a sterling example of what the Marvel Netflix series could be. There are ups and downs with all of them, but Punisher season one is really, really good and deserves to be seen. Season two, I think, suffers from a lot of the season two problems of the other shows where it it takes the same kind of ideas, but doesn't execute them quite as well. But I still think that there's a lot of merit to season two. There's a lot of moments that are definitely worthwhile. And overall, I think that Punisher is up in my top three when it comes to the Marvel Netflix shows. And I would put Punisher season one after uh, Jessica Jones season one and after Daredevil season three for my top three. Punisher season one would be the Mm. Tim, final thoughts? Um, I'm pretty much with Paul. I think, yeah, season one was, I, I won't say much better than season two, yeah. but markedly better than season two. I would say I'll, if I had to give like a rating, I'd probably give season one like a solid nine out of ten. Like there's very little that I don't like about it. It was just really well executed. It did interweave a couple of different storylines. The storylines in season one did get a little convoluted at some point for me. Like I sort of lost sight at some point of who was on whose side and why and that sort of thing and who is in whose pocket. But ultimately it didn't matter because it was just Frank against the fucking world kind of thing. And that's really what this whole show is about. And then season two, I'd probably, I wouldn't drop down too much. I think I'd only go down like an eight out of 10. There's a couple more, like, you know, it's a little bit messier in terms of story, but it definitely gives us a different experience than season one while still giving us the stuff that we loved out of season one. You know, it gives us a lot of those same, brutal fucking fight notes and shit like that but in a different setting a different almost a different genre like a maybe a maybe half a genre shift or something like that so yeah i like both of these i think i'm with paul that probably my number three season of the marvel netflix season one of punisher is probably my number three season overall well i don't know it's my number three show overall, probably yeah. behind Daredevil and Dude, Jessica that second Jones. season of Jessica Jones. Um, but it's definitely it's definitely that. above. That was a rough yeah. one. <laughs> but it's like second is yeah. second season syndrome happened to every single one of these shows, including Daredevil. Daredevil had the Punisher moment. Yeah, Iron Fist was good. Except Iron Fist. Season one was it's season two. <laughs> season two is better than yeah. season one. <laughs> Actually, Luke Cage season two was probably the was better than season one overall. I enjoyed season two of Luke Cage quite a bit, if I remember correctly. Mm. Yeah, they were both. Yeah, yeah. season two was yeah. much more consistent than season one. But didn't have as high highs. No, I mean, Marshall Ali not but being they, there kind of like yeah, fucks things yeah. up a little bit. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. the talent, man. Really the talent man. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like, I guess I don't know, like yeah. final thoughts. I don't, I'm maybe I'm not looking at these shows as deeply as you are, or at least not this one, because I was like, hey, Allison Chains and Guns, let's, let's watch a Punisher show. I'm in. It's like a day long Punisher movie <laughs> for me. So. I had a good time. I wish I'd like again. I wish I should have rewatched season one this week so that I could have commented more in depth on it. I do remember liking it a lot. It it did 
I think if I was ranking them before, I would have fallen just below season one and two of Daredevil for me. And like probably even with Jessica Jones season one kind of thing, or maybe just mm-hmm. below Jessica Jones season one. Cause that was a solid piece of TV too. But uh, yeah, I'm all in for the Daredevil side of things. But yeah, I like, I like both seasons. Like I had a blast with season two. I did kind of find like some of the, some of the acting was a little weird. Like, like Pilgrim, I didn't care about that much, but he had awesome action sequences. So I was like, yeah, like the fight scenes were all really good. And, like, yeah, super his fight scenes were so really like, good. Right, and I'm in for this. Like, this is what I want from this show is this kind of like hyper fucking like violence kind of thing going on because it's a Punisher show. It's what it should be. So, yeah, I was all in for all of it. I'm just, like, I'm just going to miss Berenthal. That, that's my big takeaway from this. Like, I'm just going to miss these characters now or like these actors playing these characters now. So. We, have, we have one more season of Jessica Jones to go. What are we going to do, guys? Yeah. Sad. <sighs> God damn it, Disney. And I'm a fucking I mean, like Disney nerd and I'm still pissed at Disney for this. All right, guys, let's uh let's wrap this thing up. So let's do geek cred real quick and uh we'll start with Paul, I guess. So make a recommendation to the lovely okay. listeners. Between my playthrough sessions of Kingdom Hearts 3, I downloaded Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe for the Switch as, you know, a way to cleanse my palate of the RPG clusterfuck that is Kingdom yeah. Hearts. And I forgot how much I love 2D Mario games. And I love 2D Mario games. So go play some 2D Mario games, guys. If you guys have the opportunity to download the deluxe version of it on the Switch, like, it's delightful. It comes with both Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe and Super Luigi Brothers U Deluxe. So you get both games, lots of content in one little package. And, well, I guess it's kind of expensive because it's still kind of new. But highly recommend it. The level design is really solid. And it's just generally fun to play and if you can play it a local multiplayer it's frustrating if the other people don't know how to play mario as well as you do i think we just talked about this yeah maybe we did but uh <laughs> i think we did actually uh yeah i think i think you mentioned yeah. it last or a couple weeks ago but uh this is like i finally really dug deep into it and it, i can fully recommend it now it's delightful it's really good Nice. Tim? My geek cred this week is going to go to a comic book series, and it is the current run of Wonder Woman written by G. Willow Wilson, who I know Paul is a fan of. Huge fan. Yeah. (laughs) And it's my first time reading anything she's done, because it's the first Marvel, or DC, I should say, that she has done, as far as I know, uh, and I'm pretty in the know. But yeah, she took it over the, the ongoing series, maybe four or five issues ago. And so far the run's been really cool and I'm super engaged and been a nice sort of fresh take on Wonder Woman, bringing a very interesting sort of supporting cast into the picture uh, in terms of some more sort of mythological creatures that are now just like hanging around in the real world, which is always kind of cool to see. So yeah, I highly recommend it. If you are a Wonder Woman person, if you've maybe put down the title for a while, I would say you should go back to it with uh, G. Willow Wilson's run. Thank you. I will, because I really love G. Willow Wilson's run on Miss Marvel. Kamala Khan Mm -hmm. is like G. Willow Wilson instantly created an iconic character with uh, Kamala Khan. So I'm excited to see her take on Wonder Woman. I'm going to check it out. Cool. For me, I have been catching up on TV, so I just caught up to like the current season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. If you are a fan of that show and haven't been watching the new season, get in there. God damn that show. I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, <laughs> so good. I just saw the final. Like, you know, yeah. Uh, the G- that uh, that goodbye episode with Gina Genius. was A+. Yeah, plus. She, uh, 
Chelsea Peretti is one of the funniest people on the planet, and I will I'll fight anyone who says otherwise. She is, and like that, it's funny because she's on a show with some of the funniest fucking people on the planet too. Because like, man, everybody on that show just crushes everything. Yeah. Like they're so on point all the time. So. I will never forget her introductory, like the the one the part one where she oh she's at the party with all the psychologists. And they're all trying to study her, oh, and she's yeah. just like, "I'm the yeah. Paris of people," and it's just yeah, she's just the right kind of insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, I love that show. I like it's one of it's my uh it's my newest rewatch like always rewatch comedy. Like I'll just throw it on Netflix so I don't have anything else to watch. So between that and Archer, since I finished Archer a while ago, this last couple seasons yeah. not hold up. Not yeah. hold up on rewatch the way the like the early stuff I was like I'm I'm having a real good time with the first 6 seasons of that show. Yeah, the dr- the dream world stuff is not not as good. Yeah, I was like, oh, this doesn't hold up. Like, I had fun. Wa- I remember having fun watching it the first time through, but like rewatching it, I was like, yeah, I'm not here for this anymore. So yeah, it's too bad. All right, that's uh, I think that's kind of it for us this week. Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. We actually, oh god damn, of course I closed my notes tab. You fuck. You see that? <laughs> and all right, everybody, thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe, which you can do via whichever podcatching app you prefer on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. And now on Spotify, which I'm very fucking excited about. Woo. Um, also, we'd love to hear your thoughts about Punisher season one, two, or anything else we talked about today, really. So you can drop us a line on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash dance robot dance on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast. Dance or robot dance podcast, isn't it? The dance robot dance podcast. Anyway, I think so. It'll pop up. Yeah. Dance robot dance <laughs> podcast. Sorry. Or email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. That's it for us for tonight. So say goodnight, Tim. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Say goodnight, Paul. Thank you for joining us again from Korea. My pleasure. Indeed. Good night. And I'm Mark. And uh, we hope you guys have a good one. Take it easy. Go uh, go watch Punisher, I think, is what mm-hmm. we're trying to say. Russo! Russo! You know what we didn't Russo! talk about? Oh, God damn it. Was the end scene where he totally did like the Punisher, like super iconic double machine gun, just mow down all the street punks. <laughs> I was like, just screaming like, Whoa! yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty fucking awesome. I'll take that. I'm in for it. I'm into it. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good one.